Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With. This is the Byron Police Department. We had a 911 hang-up from this number. Okay. I just had to tell you something. Um, watch for the rich, because the bush goes for Christmas, okay? Okay. Do you have any adults there with you? My mom's home. How old are you? Uh, I, I feel like after I grow up, I'm going to be a police. <laughs> You are. What's your name? Tyler Pittman. Tyler I, I can call me. I can call me. You want to? Cause I, I will help you. I'm too. I'm too fast. Oh, really? 
Police department. We had several 911 hangups from this number. Boy, you been playing on the phone, sir? Man, I'm sorry. This is my son playing on the phone. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. He he called in saying that the Grinch was trying to steal his Christmas. So it's it's definitely been the most interesting thing that's that's happened as far as 911 hangups for me. Hey, the Prince ain't gonna steal your cribble, boy. You can't stop watching cartoons so much. <laughs> so, t- y'all have a Merry Christmas, okay? Yeah, sir. What do you say about you watching TV? You need to stop so watching cartoons so much. <laughs> the Grinch is not gonna steal Christmas. I saw it on TV. Apparently, he's trying to. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. I love the kids saying, when I grow up, I want to be a cop, and if you guys want, you can call me. I can help. I'm too fast. Right. Right. <laughs> he probably just got some new tennis shoes, which made him extra fast. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of theft, <laughs> this is a great uh, editorial in the San Diego Union Tribune about um, the, the bull spit train, the Corona Express. It's so simple. Nine years after California, voters narrowly gave their blessing to an almost $10 billion bond to launch a $43 billion statewide bullet train project? A reckoning, a reckoning is needed. The narrative pushed by the rail authority and Governor Brown is uh, of the project making steady advances. The truth is the project is already seven years behind schedule. It has exploded in cost at least half again as expensive as was pitched. And if you know anything about government accounting and bids and the rest of it, it will double again. And, and it has shrunk in scope. The rail authority has failed on a key promise made in 08 to win passage that construction of the first segment wouldn't start unless the state had enough funding in hand to build a segment that could be self-sustaining. That was a key legal promise. The state is now proceeding with the construction of a first segment going from San Jose to an almond orchard in rural Kern County. This is laughable. The self-sustaining mean would take in enough money with ridership to Correct. pay for it? Well, yeah. that that's impossible. Right. That's Absolutely. impossible for the whole thing, let alone any chunk of it. Now, I might want to go to a rural almond orchard in Kern County once, have the farmer explain to me how it all works or something, then have some delicious almonds. But uh, I don't think I want to take the train there regularly. And then two developments this year show why it's so crucial that this become a, an issue in the 2018 governor's race. First of all, the rail authority can't fill its CEO position now. It's been... Eight months since the guy confirmed his exit, um, and and they're just in complete disarray. The Rail Authority met in closed session on November 15th. No progress. Second development is the Legislative Analyst Office reported that um, the counting on the funding from the state's cap-and-trade program, they're hoping to auction bonds backed by the revenue from the cap-and-trade thing, the pollution rights thing. But... The L.A. Times, no great paragon of conservatism, uh, noted that the state expected to get $5.2 billion from bonds to be paid off with proceeds from cap-and-trade feeds, but they warned it was highly uncertain how much cap-and-trade might generate. The numbers are very wildly from year to year, and given this report, a rational investor is highly unlikely to buy such bonds. 
Why would the rail authority propose such a dubious funding mechanism? Here's where it all comes home. A bond paid off with an unreliable unreliable revenue stream because of desperation stemming from the core problem. It never plausibly explained how the project will be built. It still hasn't. After $10 billion in available state and federal funds are gone, the authority has no funds, zero, it can count on beside cap-and-trade revenue. And that's extremely uncertain. It can't get any outside investors. And that could happen. Because it's a bad investment. Well, no, yeah, nobody in the right mind would invest in it. And that can't happen without the state offering ridership or revenue guarantees, which, as the LAO, the Legislative Analyst Office, pointed out in 2010, appears to be illegal. This thing is an impossibility. It's a huge ripoff. It's a joke. It. I mean, I would bet both my arms, legs, and my left eye that this thing will never be built in any form resembling what they're claiming. This Which is I a, said from the day it passed. That's right. This is a gigantic theft. And it's just utterly, utterly implausible that it will be built. Nobody can offer even like a stretch a fantasy land explanation of how it'll be built they keep talking about private investors are lining up no private companies are lining up to sell you stuff but nobody is investing in it because it's a boondoggle and as i pointed out the other day i just discovered it there's a bullet train i'm sorry no it's a bullet plane that will get you from la to san francisco in about an hour and a quarter and cost you a hundred dollars just an effing joke it happens all over the country, though. Um, cities, counties, states all around the country where if you can get one of these going, uh, you know, you've, you've taken care of a whole bunch of industries for years, sometimes decades to come. Yeah, a bunch of unions that will always vote your way and kick money your way, et cetera. Well, yeah. there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people that will make, the, make their entire life salary off of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There'll never be a train at the end of it. No. So if you're a if you're the sort of Keynesian economics sort of person, you're just happy the money's being thrown around, and you feel like that's a good thing in in the end, I guess. Well, you let uh, you know private people and companies keep their money; they'll quote unquote throw it around to the best possible use. It's amazing, perception. though. Yeah, it's amazing, though. I think I think I think the vast majority of people think that will there will never be a train. You know, that you, they, uh, certainly will never be a train that they would use. Um, even if there were a train. Right. It's, it's far slower and more expensive. Amtrak already runs or buses or whatever. This, there is zero rational argument in favor of it. None. I would recognize it if it were there. But from the beginning, the ridership estimates, remember that? When they came out with these glowing ridership estimates, then it came out that they projected that gas was going to be $22 a gallon. And that, I can't remember, that traffic would quadruple, and, and so people would be desperate for a train to get from, you know, for instance, L.A. to San Francisco or vice versa, or San Diego to Sacramento or whatever. Um, there is no rational argument. And the uh, Union Tribune asks whether pretty, pretty Gavin Newsom, Antonio Villagarosa, uh, Travis Allen, or any of the other uh, folks who are running for governor will bring this up. If they think this is salvageable, they need to explain how. Mm. That could be a big issue. I hope it's a big issue. Oh, my God, yeah. So a change in the way we structured commerce has led to a new crime that is um, 
really sweeping the nation, especially this year, the whole porch pirate thing. There are some ideas out there, including this one very wacky idea for dealing with that. But yeah, all these boxes that are being set outside your house, if you don't get one, you might have gotten stolen by a porch pirate. What are the laws on hooking up a fake package to a piano wire to a shotgun? Because well, I have that going at home. Similar to what this guy did here. We'll have that story for mm. you coming up. This is a good tune. This is the tune the Foo Fighters played the other night on Saturday Night Live. Oh, that's right, yeah. With crazy loud rock guitars and David Grohl's dyed hair. You're listening to what, the... What is it with you? <laughs> what are you... What are you, jihadi? <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. are 203. The conference report is adopted without objection. The motion to reconsider yeah! is laid upon Woo! the table. I think my taxes are going up, but you know. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Happy for the rest of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Hello, Allied Van Lines. Porch pirates are the scourge of the holiday season, according to the New York Times. Swi- are. Swiping vulnerable packages left in plain sight. Tis true. Yeah. Somebody will come up with a good solution to this, I guess. You got your uh, you got your security uh, video thing. I mean, home security video equipment is now super cheap. I know, but imagine tracking down uh, the kind of nondescript. He's wearing a beanie. He's a white guy in his twenties. Well, they get he a pretty took good something sh- worth fourteen dollars. I'd like it back, but man, the coppers love it. If you can show them a picture, they post that online. They're busting these people. Don't be cynical, Jack. There's still hope for the good people of the West. According to USA Today, nearly half of Americans say they know someone who has had a package stolen. Thirty percent say it's happened to them. Thirty percent of people, a third of people, say they've had a package stolen. Yeah. I haven't, thank God. I don't I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, of course, we don't that's let true. thieves in our hood. It's illegal. That's true. Um, I could miss something, and it'd be a long time before I might figure it out. Hey, did that ever come up? You know, when I remember when I ordered that case of mousetraps? Mm-hmm. Did we ever get those? Yeah, I think they're in the garage, or, you know, something like that. Mice probably carried it off. Unless it's oh, some my God, did you see what they just got here? <laughs> Unless it's some specific thing I was looking for, it could be a lot of things show up. Sure. Light bulbs, whatever. Uh, this guy said, uh, I was thinking, how could I scare them and make them drop my package and then never come to my front porch again, this guy told the Washington Post. I thought, I thought getting shot is scary. That'll make them think twice. True. So he came up with this device that uh, shoots people. <laughs> you know, as well, you do know this. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't actually attend law school, but I almost did. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. When an unsuspecting thief lifts the package, a 12-gauge shotgun blank goes off to scare them away. Oh, a blank! Mm-hmm. I like that. They'd probably sue you for deafening them in one ear, though, and you'd lose your home. Yeah. Other than that, it's a great idea. The first guy I did it to was so scared he dropped his cell phone in my front yard. I gave it to the cops. Turns out 
He lived about three blocks away from me. Wow. Wow. Wait, so this guy actually did it. Yeah, some guy lives just down the street, was coming and stealing his stuff. Wow. Wow. God, you gotta you gotta legalize ass whoopings in that uh he's selling situation. These. He's making them and selling them and they're sixty bucks. Sixty? Yeah. I'll take one. Yeah. He patented the blank box and has a website where he's selling them. He sold about fifty of them. To pretend it's a, it's a fake box, but if yeah. they pick it up, that makes that loud shotgun noise. If it sounds like an actual shotgun, that is loud. Yeah. That, you would soil your pants. Oh, yeah. I'll pay extra if you can guarantee that. Because you have a fetish? or <laughs> No, I just like keeping a little hum- humiliation on top of A, foiling the theft, and, and B, terrifying a guy. And now you got your pants are full of poo. What do you have to say for yourself now, huh? Yeah. Blackbeard the porch pirate. <laughs> so um next time it'll be your real shell. Keep running, bitch. That's what I'd yell after him. Huh? Why am I the sort of guy that gets hung up on this? But I'm amazed by this Gallup poll that's out that's got Hillary Clinton at thirty five percent, thirty six percent. It's the lowest number she's ever had. Just general approval rating? Approval rating, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I'm looking at a little of the timing of this. She's down Five points since June. So I looked it up. Her book came out in September, and I thought, no, it's not. That's not it. No. The excerpts of her book came out early July. The excerpts starting to blame all these various things that everybody immediately reacted to as being crap. Left, right, and center. And I think that had a lot to do with it. Combined with the more recently, everybody's decided, you know what? She was trying to hide her creepo pervo husband. And went after women uh, who were uh, clearly innocent victims. And she just helped destroy their lives to protect a pervo. And we're, we've decided we don't like that. So that's not helped her approval rating any either. I don't think there's an, nearly enough awareness of that, honestly. But um, that she was the designated hatchet person for uh, the Bill Corporation. Bill's still up at uh, 40-something, but he's got the lowest number of his of his post-presidency. Mm, not surprising, yeah. But why are we getting the approval ratings of old women who live alone in upstate New York? I don't know. Uh, what? Because there are probably a lot of them. <laughs> How about uh, Gladys Heinrich of uh, 143 Chappaqua Avenue? Let's, right. let's get her a positive. What do we think of her? <laughs> What's her approval rating? <laughs> plenty old bags in upstate New York, and I don't, <laughs> I don't have an opinion on them. Yeah, I, well, that's a decent question. Why are we asking that? Well, you know, it's scary if you're a Democrat. I, perhaps you already sense the answer to this question, because she is the Democrat. Still, yeah. Yeah, which is, oof. I don't know if you heard... She lost to Donald Trump, the guy from TV. Yeah, I was thinking earlier about that. I made a statement about Donald Trump uh, getting reelected and how America's head would pop off and everything like that. Um, and you got to have somebody to run against it. But the reality would be, yes, I'm talking about the 2010 election. I promise I'll keep it yeah. short. It's likely Trump will get fewer votes than he got, won't he? Depends. No, I, I would not judge you know, no? with that. You don't it, agree with it, that? It huh? could be, but it could be more. Could be a lot more. Really, I was going to say, at least as of today, there's got to be more people that did that won't than didn't and will vote for Trump. Didn't won't and didn't. But you think if the economy's uh, continuing to hum along, he could get more votes? I could easily imagine it. Yeah. Whoever the Democrat candidate is, pretty much guaranteed to get more votes than Hillary, though, right? Hillary's the one of the worst candidates ever. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. She was awful. So, so Terrible. I, I, would, I would think that side's almost guaranteed to have an uptick. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, unless they, uh, well, no. I mean, it's such a remote possibility to nominate somebody so abhorrent or in, or incompetent or whatever that they're worse than Hillary. Think about that. It's nearly impossible. <laughs> um, on the other hand, you know, I just, I'm speaking for myself. Trump's, uh, um, is there a better word? Trump's unattractive personality. I hated. He's everything I was taught not to be in real life. And just uh, adolescent, braggadocious, petty. Just I just can't stand his personal demeanor. I still can't. But I've gotten used to it. And now I'd roll my eyes and think, eh, that's Trump. Now I wonder what this tax uh, thing is actually going to do for the economy. I think people tend to, it bothers them less just because they're used to it. So I could see him significantly improving his vote total next time around. But, you know, events will dictate. Is it a good, smooth next two-year run, or or, or do things go crazy? Are there mushroom clouds over Seattle? Or No. Well, Certainly that, hope not. well, that would be an extraordinary event. Well, right, let's start there, and we can work our way down <laughs> to the economy grew at two point eight percent, not three percent. <laughs> right? Yeah, and and who knows? But again, it's and you know, the longer I live, and the more I I study it all, the more I hate the two party system. There is nothing to recommend it. Why can't we do the parliamentary parliamentary thing? Is there a downside to that that I don't get? Because when I watch it, other places, it I I like the way you have to build a coalition and and you know. Trends come and go, and that sort of thing. Well, it'd be a constitutional impossibility. I mean, well, we have to. Yeah, well, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there are some downsides to it that things tend to be. It's difficult to get stuff done at times, and, and they're As opposed to this? Well, yeah, exactly. Well, these are just the classical criticisms of parliamentary systems. And you have constantly changing coalitions and constantly changing governments and a lack of stability. You never know who's going to be in charge in two and a half years. We have a good rock-solid stability that we will spend way more money than we take in. Right. And everybody who gets into government gets rich. That is stable. Right. We are stable with Indeed, that. very admirable. Uh, but to get another party or two up to a strength that you would need them, the Democrats could not form a coalition unless they had the moderate party of America join them. They could not govern without that. But if they got that third party, sure enough, they'd have plenty of votes. The Republicans would have to have a resurgent, non-mental patient-running libertarian party. They would have to swing libertarian to get, say, 60 votes in the uh, Senate. Uh That would be great. And, you know, maybe you're a super liberal. God bless you. We might uh, end up being fast friends. I don't hate people for their politics. If as a Democrat, you couldn't get the Green Party to say, okay, what you're doing in your platform is acceptable to us. We'll vote with you. Then you wouldn't have any power. So you'd have to broaden one way or the other. I like it. Let's vote on that. People are just so, y'all are so lacking in imagination, or you get terrified in the, well, if I vote, you know, Green Party, Libertarian, or or whatever, American Independent Party, this time the other guys will win, and and that'll be terrible. So you can't get, you know, third parties going. Right. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? House Speaker Ryan surprising admission about the GOP's tax plan's effects on the deficit and President Trump's stance on UFOs. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Trump has weighed in on the UFO. I played the video and the audio for my kids. We discussed it last night. They're mm. fascinated by this. As any, and as any young boy should be.
Oh, yeah. UFOs? Doesn't get any better than that. I want to hear what Trump had to say. Coming up in your news on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So I'm looking at some stories that we haven't gotten to yet that I don't even know what they are. Uh, a restaurant apologizes for a Trump Jr. Obama cookie photo. I don't know that story. Do you Trump Jr. Obama cookie photo. So I'll have to hmm. figure that one out. I'd imagine the color of the cookies factors in some way. San Francisco TV anchor apologizes for a comment about P. Diddy. I haven't heard that one either. What oh did he my. say? I won't have him abused verbally or otherwise. We'll try to figure these out. Let's All get right. the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, with the House set to reapprove the GOP tax plan in a couple hours, President Trump's ready to party with an event today at noon West Coast time to celebrate what he's calling a Christmas gift for all Americans. What Democrats say is nothing more than a gift for the rich. House Speaker- They're both liars. They're both liars. House Speaker Paul Ryan trumpeting the bill. This is going to help people get more jobs and better wages and simplify the tax code, so we're very excited. Meanwhile, Ryan is acknowledging nobody knows if the sweeping tax cuts Congress is enacting will produce enough economic growth to avert soaring deficits. Making the rounds of the morning news shows, the Wisconsin Republican, known as a deficit hawk, suggested the legislation nearly ready for Trump's signature is a risk worth taking. Yeah, well, I'd like to welcome all the newly minted deficit hawks to my side of things. I realize your stay will be very temporary, but thank you for suddenly caring. President of Amtrak says the company will follow through on any recommended changes following the investigation into this week's deadly derailment in Washington state. We have to keep this as a wake-up call. It's not acceptable that we are involved in these kinds of accidents. We're terribly sorry to the people that are involved. President Richard Anderson saying the company needs to continue to improve its culture of safety. Anderson not speculating, though, on whether implementing speed controls called positive train control would have prevented the accident. He wanted to leave that determination up to investigators. You know, I have, I just counted, seven different speed limits between the Radio Ranch and my home. And I manage to observe them every single day. I may be going a little faster but as they change, I adjust my speed. Right. And I have only one person in my vehicle, not, you know, 88 or whatever. The fact that this train couldn't figure out a 30-mile-per-hour speed limit going 80, right. it's just it's inexplicable. It's horrific. Thomas Fire, now the second largest fire in modern California history. The fire in Ventura in Santa Barbara County is still burning. It's burned across uh, more than 270,000 acres destroying hundreds of homes and structures. It got the, the winds calmed down a little bit over the last couple of days so crews could get a bit of a handle on it, but the winds are kicking back up yet again. And the White House not really saying if President Trump believes in flying saucers or not. In a press briefing on Tuesday, a reporter asked the press secretary, Sarah Sanders, if Trump believes in UFOs and if he plans to fund a Pentagon program that studies the possibility of their existence. I feel like I already want to pass on this question, given that you've got aliens sitting among you. Several videos reports disclose the existence of a secret Pentagon program that was researching UFOs. Funding right now for that in 2012. Um, does the president believe in the existence of UFOs, and would he be interested in restoring funding for that program? Somehow that question hasn't come up in our back and forth over the last couple days, but I will uh, check into that and be happy to circle back. Jennifer. 
Press Corps digging for the truth on a very important burning question. Why was that video released? Was there a particular reason that that UFO stuff came out this week? I don't know that. I don't know that either. To prepare us from the, for the alien invasion? I don't know. NBC may be reviving their hit show, The Office. The Hollywood Reporter says the network's considering jump-starting the sitcom after they had the successful return of Will and Grace. So you may be able to see even more returns of old shows. Well, Sean, you so rolled... They've officially out of ideas. You right. rolled your eyes yes. at the... Uh, see the last couple of minutes before right. Saturday Night Live, but they all look so old. Yes. And they're doing wow, the same act. to you. I, I just like you're a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, but, but they're still living the same lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just roll my eyes at can we, can we just make something new? Yeah. Like let's, I, right. I, I am all for create the creative industry and creating new things and making new shows. Well, and, it's the networks, so the cable channels that are just killing them, and not even the cable channels, your Netflixes, yeah. your your everywhere, they're just coming up with all kinds of great ideas right. with people you've never heard of, but they're just bringing back shows from twenty five years ago with the same people still living the crazy party lifestyle, even though you're fifty something now. And making jokes, yeah. Uh, Judy and I were uh, chatting with some fabulous folks the other day, uh, perhaps sipping a little wine, and right. we're trained back the. Have you guys watched Blankety Blank? Oh, it's amazing. No, we haven't. We keep meaning to. Have you watched Blankety Blank? They're like, no, no, we haven't gotten to that one. But here's great. And just the list went on and on. Meanwhile, at the networks, they're recycling The Office. Wow. <laughs> and Will and Grace. And Woof. Roseanne. Don't forget, right. Roseanne is coming back for a nine-episode run. Really? All yep. right. Yes. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. I hate nostalgia. Is Roseanne I remember on? a day when nostalgia wasn't so big. I love those That was a good day. Those were good times. Um, is Roseanne coming back like with John Goodman? Is it the same yes. story like Will yeah. and Grace? Yes. Yeah. Are oh, they going to be where they are in their lives now? Well, here's the weird thing. If you remember Roseanne, uh, John Goodman died in the last episode. Well, he had I, a heart I, attack. I didn't remember that. She was mourning his wow. death. So it's uh, so, Ghost Goodman. <laughs> I don't know. So everybody's going, Ooh, how are they bringing him back? Spooky Goodman. You know, Ooh. Yes. Uh, they uh, they saved him on the table. Yeah, it turns out he didn't die. Yeah, there was another fat guy died. We right. thought it was him. So anyway, Anyways. back to the plot. <laughs> no, he's been reanimated. That's it. That's sure. it. Reanimated. John okay. Goodman, underrated. I think he's a fabulous yes. actor. He's pretty yes. good. I think he's great. Have you ever seen 10 Cloverfield Lane? I have not. The, higher, the, the suspense movie? Mm-mm. Oh, he will haunt your dreams. I don't want my dreams haunted. Well, oh, baby. Um, coming up, some more of the 2017 band names, book titles, etc. We had a listener who had a great idea for Porch Pirates, had a regular problem, stopped it. No longer has a problem. Wow, fantastic. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Happy Holiday. Happy holiday, happy holiday, while the merry bells keep ringing, may your every wish come true, happy holiday, say Merry Christmas, happy holiday, <laughs> Christmas, Bing. it's Trump in the White House, say calendar. hilarious. So it's not a happy holiday if somebody steals your package off your porch. Porch Pirates, here's what one of our listeners actually did. Several times somebody had stolen their packages, decided fine, has little kids, started putting the dirty diapers in the cardboard box. Yes. Putting them back out there. Yes. 
Yes. Handled it fairly quickly. Yes. That would do it. <laughs> they seem to be onto our ruse. You know, I like the shotgun shell pretty well, though. Especially at the price. What if you just hit by Hannah Bush and beat him with a bat? You like that? One? <laughs> I'm in favor of that. Yeah. You come onto my property and steal my stuff, you're getting hit with a bat. Mm-hmm. Poll Americans. Poll them. How many would approve? 80. 80 percent. Oh, would. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the 20 percent of you, I'm coming for your stuff because you're such a pansy. You won't defend. You can't. They won't stand up for all that is good and decent. They're just stealing because they're a victim of our capitalist system. All right. You don't deserve your Amazon so, package. I think we can all Communist. go home. I think we can all go home. Joe's got a heck of an argument going. <laughs> so uh many thanks to Mary and the Ho for compiling all of the band names, book titles, etc. we've thrown out uh during the year. Uh, among some more of the band names, Angry Harlots. It's an all chick punk band that opens for Pussy Riot. <laughs> Dreaming Apes. Joe's heavy metal band. I have quite a few heavy metal bands throughout there. Tainted Leaks, a Tainted Love cover band. Fat Rihanna, Secondhand Cheese, Trending Superfood, Pockets of Sluggishness. I would buy Secondhand Cheese's album. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was looking back at some of the ones we've already done. I actually love Potential Grizzlies Hmm. as a band name. Uh, Pockets of Sluggishness, Uh, 40-Foot Lumberjack. Yeah, that's a good one. Is my folk punk band. The Angry Silos, Soul Cycle, Tidy by Nature, Sean's Hip Hop Band. (laughs) Yep. Very economically conscious. Al Gore Rhythms. Joe Getty and the Blue Units, Soul Bombs. It's kind of a play on words. Soul, like Korea. Opportunistic Egrets, 50 Foot Flames, Wax Apples, Simpering Piss Willies. (laughs) As a listener's psychobilly rock band. Oh, yeah. Simpering Piss Willies tonight only. Opening act, The Flaming Gurgles, Whirlwind of Angst, and Obvious Hookers. Whirlwind of Angst. Yeah. Some of our album titles included Balloon of Idiocy, my jazz album, and Maelstrom of Bullcrap, my heavy metal album, with (laughs) a very accurate title. Oh, that's beautiful. Here are a number of books. Almost all of them are our proposed autobiography titles. Seemed like a good idea at the time. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no doubt. I got a long chapter with that one. Racked with Apathy. Mm. Oh, that's a graphic novel about my high school years. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Putin Maneuver, a Joe Getty novel. <laughs> I probably shouldn't be doing this. Don't keep your tiger in a box. <laughs> Joe's self-help book. <laughs> what were we talking about? I have no idea. Boxing of tigers. They, obviously, somebody had a tiger in a box. I don't remember that story. A Little Thick. My Broadway biography, Baited by a Dream, the Joe Getty story. <laughs> Forgotten by History, the Jack Armstrong story. A Sequence of Failures, the Jack Armstrong story. Yes, I remember that one. A Series of Bad Choices, Joe's Autobiography, now in paper book. Uh, The Clown Who Eats Everything, a book about me. (laughs) The Shadow Curriculum, that's my series of paperback spy thrillers. Overwhelmed with Hopelessness, third volume of my autobiography. The third volume alone, we said, is 4,500 pages long. <laughs> there is a theme here. <laughs> oh There's a, definitely God. a theme here. Uh, <laughs> friendless and lacking any skills is the fourth volume of my autobiography. Our original air names included Charming and Mellifluous, Sloppy and Illogical, Sarcastic and Demeaning, 
sloppy and flippant, nuanced and artful. I'm sloppy, he's flippant. <laughs> uh, jaded and cynical, angst and dissatisfaction, shabby unhappy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, shabby, unhappy, and futile. Futile left after a contract dispute. <laughs> Sexism and mis- misogyny. Uh, <laughs> tired, stymied, and frustrated. We used to be a three-man show, but stymied stole from us. <laughs> and finally, jaded and discouraged. Yes. Uh, the miscellaneous category, which is absolutely hilarious, perhaps we'll sprinkle into tomorrow's show, which will include clips of the week. Stymied was I'm so sorry, talented, clips of the year. Oh, yeah, stymied was talented. Oh, but, my God, he was hilarious. Yeah, but, but moody. Oh, Moody, and well, and and again, uh, duplicitous, and he he stole. But there is a uh, definitely a theme of self-flagellation through that. Yeah. <laughs> Aided by a dream. Is that uh, <laughs> does that trouble you? Well, is that uh, negative self-talk? Is that your uh, what's troubling you? Sequence of bad decisions, or whatever that was. Earlier today, we featured uh, Mary in the Ho in San Jose had uh, compiled all the things Jack has never had or nor done including Hot Pockets, Ramen Noodles, Peeps, Taco Bell, Twinkies, Lemon Jolly Ranchers, a sex dream, butter pecan ice cream, buffalo chicken wings, ranch dressing, never been on a slip and slide, seen Shawshank Redemption, or voluntarily watched an online ad. These are things Jack has never had or done. Wouldn't most of those be, that's that's a life well lived, though, for a lot of that. Aren't you better off without most of those things? Taco Bell or Peeps or well, anything? Well, yeah. What, Sean? Yeah. <laughs> You don't overindulge them, but you got to expose yourself to the existence of these things. I would say one runs the risk of, of coming off highfalutin, which is yeah, you know, people, ironic. That's, given what, yeah. that's what people yeah. who say, people who know me say that all the time. He's highfalutin. <laughs> Old Simple Jack. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, that that accusation doesn't really rest easy on Yesterday you. Yesterday for lunch, I had a Shell Station hot dog. <laughs> see, people, again, yeah. your pretensions. People don't call me highfalutin. Washed down with shell coffee? Yeah, and so I walked up to the counter and she said, having an afternoon snack. And I thought, she thinks I'm the sort of person that has a shell station hot dog for afternoon snack. And it turns out, I am. (laughs) A moment of self-examination. Yeah, held a mirror up to my life. Mm. It was ugly. I'm strong and getty. I'm getting ready. Paul, final thoughts. There you go. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from Positive Sean. Hey, Sean, final thought? I've been really enjoying going back through all the clips of the week in preparation for the Clips of the Year show tomorrow. It's going to be great. They're fantastic. Oh, cool. There are so many good clips. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a heck of a year. I I love the Clips of the Year show. Marshall Phillips, your final thought. Well, I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to my big tax reform surprise. Should I go out and spend the money now on scratchers or wait and see what really happens? (laughs) (laughs) Go crypto. Get some Bitcoin. It's not a bubble. Michelangelo, <laughs> final thought. Tomorrow, my favorite show of the year, we got the gift exchange, Clips of the Year, and it's the only show that Joe and Jack let me run drunk. So tune in <laughs> for hilarity and unexpected dead air. Two, three, even four <laughs> commercials running at once. Uh, Jack, your final thought. Santa's feeling the pressure as uh, one child, all he wants for Christmas is to be able to say, Alexa, play, you know, whatever song. That's all he wants. And Santa's trying to figure out how to set that up. And Santa's struggling. With the uh, watching YouTube videos and reading directions and that sort of stuff. Oh, boy. Our Wi-Fi connection, so. <sighs> oh, boy. You need an elf to come over and I might. Uh, help you out? I okay. might. All right. 
My final thought is that during 2017, apparently I proposed opening a bakery with Robert Plant called Whole Lotta Love or Whole Lotta Loaf. <laughs> oh, good one. And uh, and I also threatened to open an English pub called The Krusty Paw. <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember that. That was a reference to what... Uh, Charlie Rose. Yeah, that's right. His female employees, what they called Charlie Rose, giving them a shoulder rub. Oh. The Krusty Paw. Hey, you look tense. Hey, <laughs> let, me, let me rub you for a while. I'll just rub you if that's all right. Yeah. So he thought he was a debonair, older gentleman, right, massaging young hotties who were kind of flattered by it. And they behind his back were saying, oh, you got the crusty paw. Oi. That hurts. That hurts, you know, in absentia. Yeah. Or that hurts on his behalf. Yeah. That's so humiliating. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. That's why if Judy ever leaves me, I'm just going to go down to the old folks' home with a pocket full of Viagra and... I'll be the young buck there. Crack some hips. <laughs> oh, jeez. What? what did you just say? I don't know. What? Oh. So many people who think so little time. Out or something. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com and react to that horror if you'd like. The Clips of the Year show is tomorrow. <laughs> it's the end of a long year. Wow. We should have wrapped it up yesterday. God bless America. This is... Uh historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. And the show's over. What? Bye-bye. You know what? It's been a worse year of my life. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.